Hey folks, welcome back to the DC Three Cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Zach and Vince. Uh, welcome back, Zach. You were uh, not here last week because you were moving. Uh, did you? Yeah, I heard com- the show sucked. <laughs> <laughs> did you comically drop a box of uh, comic books on your foot and no. they spilled that everywhere? No, but um, I did bang my head on a ceiling really hard, harder than I've ever hit my head in my life, and I really thought I had a concussion. These are the problems when you're nine feet tall, I suppose. So Yeah. Well, we're here to talk about the DC Comics being released on the 26th of October, 2021, starting with Aquaman, Green Arrow, Deep Target, number one. I don't know why I said it that way. It just sounds like a, like a, like a 1995 uh, syndicated action show made by the producers of Baywatch. Mm, Baywatch Nights. Ooh. So this was written by Brandon Thomas, who is becoming the Aquaman scribe at DC, illustrated by Ronan Cliquet or Cliquette. We don't really know how to say that name. Um, so I is there a way to talk about this without just talking about the twist up front? Spill, spill the tea. So uh, the book does a really clever thing, which is that because you're like when you look at the cover, you can't really tell what's happening here, but somehow Aquaman and Green Arrow have like swapped, not bodies, but swapped lives. So Oliver Queen can breathe underwater and shit. And Arthur Curry is really rich and can shoot arrows really well now. Um, it, I thought that the surprise was actually handled pretty well in the comic. What did you guys think of that, of that fake out? Zach, take it away. Um, well, I, I probably didn't engage with it in the best way. Cause as I'm want to do, I often like flip through the book before I actually read it all just to like get an idea of what's in there. And the, when I first got to that, I was like, why does Aquaman have a goatee? <laughs> what's going on? This is duh. Like at first I was like, this is super weird. What is this? This book is what's going on. Um, then I read it and I was just like, oh, okay. That's what we're doing. Well, actually, like at first I was like, oh, this is just like a body swap thing. That's kind of dumb. And then I read it and I was like, okay, this is a body swap thing. And it's, it's not as dumb as I thought it was going to be. That That's really my initial impression. I feel like if you saw it before you read it, I can't imagine it going down that smoothly. Vince, what did you think of this? Oh, I... I thought it rocked actually. <laughs> like, yeah, I was hooting hollering when I read it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 just getting this out of the way first, I think Ronan Cliquet's art is pretty plain. I, yeah. I think, I think it's, it's extremely workmanlike. That's not a bad thing. Like, it's not an eyesore by any means. It's, it's fine to look at. It's just, it's just that it's, he's one of those artists at this point that like, just does the job, right? Yes. And uh, in a year or two, I hope we're saying, wow, what a glow up that was. You know, <laughs> like I sincerely hope uh, that that's where his career goes. But for now, very straightforward uh, kind of DC house style art. That said, totally serviceable for the story. The story rocks. I love the pacing of it. 
the twist was great. How often are you surprised in comics? Well, that, that was going to be one of the things I had written down was like, I cannot believe that now looking at that cover, they don't really hide it. Like they don't hide it, but it's also not so obvious that you would ever, you know. Right, exactly. So it, it feels like a magic eye poster. Where like once you see it, you can't unsee it now. <laughs> but I would have never guessed that that's what was happening here. You know, I thought it was really, really well done. Yeah, I didn't even pay attention to the cover. <laughs> you know, like it. Um... Yeah, I, yeah, it's looking at it now i'm like okay yeah you can kind of see it it's it's an interesting premise for so this is already kind of a weird book to begin with it's a it's a seven issue miniseries which is weird well that's a new thing dc's been doing more which is but it doesn't make it not weird but this isn't like the first seven issue series they're doing what other what other ones have there been um oh no of course you put me in the spot like that i want to say like uh maybe the mr miracle series is seven i think it's six or uh, there, there's a, I've noted it in the solicits before. I'm sure there, there are other ones. Um, yeah. But like, but like the becoming is six. I think the, the, black mana one is five or six. I can't remember. Six, um, I think it's six. Yeah. So it's just interesting that this one is seven. Aquaman and Green Arrow is probably like the most out of left field team up. Uh, sorry, one second here. Uh, Justice League Infinity. Not that we're reading that is of seven. That's Pennyworth okay. is of seven. We're not reading that. The Joker <laughs> Pennyworth. A, uh, the Joker HBO presents, Max is Pennyworth. Yes, HBO Max season three is Pennyworth. Uh, and the Joker presents a puzzle box is of seven, and Titans United is of seven. So That's, again, like yeah. it's just it's just it's it's not the only one. That's all I wanted to say. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's funny because I think a lot of those are more kind of like digital first style or. Not, yes. I know they might not all be digital first, but a lot of them are things that kind of feel that adjacent. Whereas this is seems like with the creative team and the Aquaman stuff that's going on, like very front and center DCU stuff. But regardless, it's just like one extra issue. But but still, like the team up is very is not one that you would usually expect. And for this to kind of be the like launch pad, I guess, for the next era of Aquaman, having it being a green arrow crossover is is very surprising and interesting to me i i really dig the stuff between them the stuff with the villain is very weird i think well can i ask a question before we get to the villain stuff yeah sure do you guys get the impression that this is and i know that this phrase is somewhat cursed and always in flux is this in continuity like is this happening with the other Aquaman stuff that is happening or is that because I kind of once we looked at those other books that are getting the seven issue series you're right Zach they're not like the books that are necessarily interacting with other pieces of the DC universe so is this a standalone story or do you guys think this is part of the greater Aquaman story right now and I'm also I want to say I'm not putting the value judgment on that I'm not saying that I only care about it if it's one or the other I'm just curious as to what you think I my impression is that it's going to it's going to be one it's one of those stories where they're going to be able to say like well this takes place whenever you whenever you want it to. So so yes, it takes place during the current stuff. Is it going to reference the current stuff? I don't think so and that's going to be because they purposely made it like a timey-wimey thing. So it can because they even say, I think in the solicits or some somewhere, they say that like the timeline is screwed up. Yes. 
And so yes. what that means to me is, yes, let's say it takes place during the current Aqua stuff, but it's in a time bubble that's like plucked out and separate. So all this stuff is happening, but it doesn't necessarily reflect anything that's currently going on on the earth that we know right now. Does that make sure. sense? Sure. Yeah. Um, and and then, you know, when Brandon Thomas gets into the Aquaman stuff that we know is coming, will they ever reference this? Maybe in passing, but it won't really matter. You know, it's not Maybe like, like anything- the villain would would, you know, continue over or something. I could see that. I could see that. Or 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 uh, Arthur makes mention of like the, the time I got body swapped with. uh or whatever, whatever you want to say. Right, right. Or, or, or maybe Oliver has a small part to play in that, in that crossover or whatever. Sure. Yeah. 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 The villain is is interesting. Arthur, it's Ollie. weird. Sorry. Ollie. Yeah. I. I. Yep. I know what you meant. Um. I. I didn't know. So thanks for clarifying. <laughs> um. The the villain is interesting because like, I, I don't get a sense of yet of what they're really what the end game is with, with that plot. But I do love the way he's just this slimy. I'm not talking about the final page reveal, just like the the opening where they flash the dinosaur back from the prehistoric era to, to now. And then then he shoots the the poor little baby dino in the head. Like I I love how intentionally skeevy that is. That feels like something out of like a very, well, like you, it, it is almost something, Brian. Like out of an out of a '90s, like uh, skeevy dark uh, USA television series or something. Out of silk stockings. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Out of out of uh, Hercules and Xena. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's just like yeah, it's like a villain that like yeah, I'm gonna blow this baby dino's brains out. <laughs> what are you gonna do about it? You know, I I liked it on that level. Um, Yeah, I thought I thought this was cool. Yeah, I had noted that the art was a little mundane, you know, but I also think that for for the um, for the switcheroo to have worked, it kind of is benefiting from having mundane art, Mm. because if if everybody looks a little bit lumpier or a little bit less refined than we're used to seeing, we're less inclined to think that person isn't who they're supposed to be. Right. Like if it was. if there was something about, you know, if 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 Ollie was drawn like really or the or Green Arrow rather was drawn swimming really like effectively and gracefully, you'd be like, wait a minute. Since when is Oliver Queen like, you know, an Olympic swimmer? But mm-hmm. then, you know, by having it all kind of just like lumpy and whatever, you 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 can more easily buy into the status quo that's going on here. Yeah. Um, I do want to say I love the like um the helmet quiver pack that uh, that is put on in the beginning that we think is being put on Oliver, but it's actually being put on Arthur. Mm-hmm. You know that that like uh, makes him kind of look like a monitor almost, like the anti monitor with the helmet. But um, yeah, I thought that was fun, and I felt that that my only complaint, like from a scripting perspective, here is I thought that the disagreement between Oliver and Arthur goes on a little bit too long. Like I think more or less everybody gets the point of what's happening before they stop talking, (laughs) you know? Um, 
But again, I, I think overall this is a very fun first issue. Uh, any <laughs> other comments? Sorry, Zach, go ahead. The only thing that I thought was like a little weird about <laughs> the exchange is it's kind of nebulous how long things have been like this because like Ollie says like I've been draining the water out every night waiting for you to come and it's just like how how long have they been like this before they before like Arthur decided to just like go down to Atlantis you know mm-hmm. um, which is like a very small thing but that that was just something I was thinking while while reading yeah this is going to be like one of those things where it's way longer than you think. Like when, when you talk to, when you read interviews with Harold Ramis about Groundhog Day, and it's like, oh yeah, he was reliving the same day for 10,000 years. And it's something that seems crazy because uh, you just don't think that big. But maybe this is the fifth year this has been going on. I don't know. Because the timeline's all messed up. So who could know? Uh, all right. That brings us to Batman, the long Halloween special written by Jeff Loeb, illustrated by Tim Sale. Vinci, I want you to take this one away. Well, I'd like to start off with asking you guys, um, what's your relationship with the, with the original Long Halloween series? Uh, Brian, why don't you go first? I don't have a huge one. I've read it and I enjoyed it when it came out, but it's not like I wouldn't consider it a personal favorite or anything like that. Okay. Zach? Um, I read it pretty early getting into comics. Um it i really enjoyed it i think the first time i read it i have not read it in over a decade yeah same so i don't remember it very well um but it just is it's like one of those you know seminal works that i feel like every you know it was on all the list it was on all the list of like uh, you know things to read when getting into comics i feel like it doesn't get referenced that much anymore in that way you know i don't, I don't feel like people are just like demanding that you read long halloween which is kind of like weird to think about but like yeah i just remember like i have the exact opposite impression that's really interesting really really, i yeah i feel like nobody talks about long halloween anymore um it's all like it's all like snyder bat stuff and frank miller stuff and i have the same impression as zach but i think for a slightly different reason i'll I'll talk about that when zach is done okay um but yeah, like I, I, I used say, to I just, just say be quickly. like a really big Tim Sale head. Also, uh, the last thing I wanted to say. I just want to say really quickly. I think part of the reason that I have a different perspective is because I, I am the person. It came who, out when you were like uh, thirty or something. Fuck off! <laughs> no, it's because <laughs> really, you can just go eat some shit, man. Um, but no, because I'm the one who like manages who's reviewing TV and stuff for Multiversity. Interesting. And, yeah. And DC released a two-part long Halloween film this year like oh yeah 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 that's true and so i feel like when i get a lot of emails from dc like you know before the movie comes out read the comic so i feel like i've just been sort of not not inundated with it but i've seen a lot of people referencing the long halloween over the last year or two but i would also say that whenever you get those like remember dc was doing for a while that book that was like dc's essential graphic novels where they'd Mm -hmm. give it out of conventions and stuff i feel like the five bat books that were always mentioned were like in, in modern times, it's like Court of Owls, Dark Knight Returns, Year One, Hush, and Long Halloween. I feel like I feel like that was always the like last of those um, of those books mentioned. Yeah, that's probably it's probably you're probably right. It's just like in my mind, it just does not get the same attention anymore. It feels like a relic of the kind of 
late 90s, early 2000s comic scene to me. Okay, so I think what what I will say is uh, uh, it gets referenced a lot when it comes to movies and TV, I think. Not so much the comics anymore. I feel like, you know, during the Nolan stuff, there was a lot of like, oh, Nolan is referencing year one and the long Halloween. And then like some elements of that made it in, you know. And then I thought I felt it was the same with the the lead up to the new Batman, the Batman, right? Like, haven't we heard that year one and the long Halloween are being referenced? Um, But they're not adaptations, obviously. I think they just take kind of the way that the villains and the relationships between villains are handled, maybe. Yeah. And some pieces of that, maybe some of the aesthetics too. Yeah. Right. Well, especially like Dark Knight being like a, two-face origin thing and and that is you know a big part of the long halloween um it's really funny i read long halloween before i read year one and and i've always like long halloween even though there is a there is a year two i've always thought of long halloween as more of like the de facto year two yeah um so although although i will say Year two is an underrated bat story. Mm. Okay. I've never read it. So, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I probably haven't read it in 25 years, but at the time, I thought it was a very underrated bat story. Mm, Has it not aged well, Vince? Let's read that again. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> Sometime. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe you would have more fun with it than I did when I. I honestly can't even tell you what it was about. <laughs> I just remember thinking it was good. Isn't Reaper the villain in that one? Oh, maybe. And like Bruce almost gets married. Something like that. Uh, yeah, it was Reaper. I don't know. We should read. We should read that sometime for uh, <laughs> for uh, for <laughs> just add the list of projects we'll never get to. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, anyway. Anyway. Yeah. So but so I do kind of agree with Zach because like you don't hear it referenced as much by, by like readers and fans, I think anymore. I think like, I think also I did, I just thought of this, like Jeff Loeb's star has fallen like big. Yes. His entire oeuvre. Yeah. Yeah. Sales has too, but Loeb, Loeb, especially. Yeah. Loeb is, Loeb is essentially a villain at this point. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's a big part of it. I think you're right. You're right. Um, his because his entire oeuvre is like looked down upon these days, and this this the long Halloween, which I I'm like you, Zach. I haven't read it in probably a decade. I remember liking it quite a bit because you know you'll recall that my DC Comics origin story was like reading a list of the re- most recommended comics like 15 years ago, uh, which would have been it started with crisis, but then it was like all the bats, like year one legend, uh, uh, the, the dark Knight returns, um, the long Halloween, all that stuff. Like I read all that stuff in the beginning of my DC reading career, so to speak, and haven't re- revisited a lot of it since. So I'd like to, I'd like to read the long Halloween again and see where it sits with me. But I remember enjoying it quite a bit. Um, 
the the thing I think though is that writers these days are trying to do their own long Halloween a lot. Like I feel like Tom King's run had elements of you know they're all trying to do their grand story with all the villains that is somewhat tenuously linked together, right? I would also argue that what makes it and stories like it, I don't want to say unique, but maybe desirable is that because it happens somewhat, not somewhat happens outside of continuity happens in the past that you can, you can tell a story without it being interrupted in any way. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is something that, that came out of this era of bat stories, which is just that people really like telling stories of Bruce at a certain age. Yeah. And at a certain point in his career. And this, this fits into that for sure. Correct. Yeah. So when it comes to this story, which we haven't gotten to yet, um, I was surprised at how much I liked this, even though I think it doesn't really add much to like, as I recall the long Halloween, which is not extremely well. I, this feels very unnecessary. I would say, um, basically what it serves to do is kind of introduce how things might go if there was a 13th issue, right? Like, is that your impression of it or? Well, yeah, I, I haven't. So I preface this with saying I've not read dark victory. Have, have either of you read dark victory? Oh yes. But again, that was a long time ago. If I read it, it was a long time ago. My impression of Dark Victory is that it's like a Robin origin story. Is that is that wrong or right? Do either of you know? Robin is definitely involved. I can't remember. I can't remember how much origin what was. In okay, there, but, but sure. he's, Robin is not in Long Halloween, right? Right. So this this to me almost feels like a bridge between those two. Is kind ah. of what I was thinking because like Robin coming onto the scene is like very much a part of this issue. So, yep. you know, like Robin being there is is highlighted specifically. Right. And he's not ready for the field yet. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Uh, that's a good call. I forgot about Dark Victory. Yeah. I do. I do agree. It does with you, retell though, the like, origin. Yes. Okay. Yep. Sorry. Um, this does it, it. I don't really understand the the purpose or the function of this other than just revisiting um revisiting long halloween in in like excruciating detail like so not i don't mean that in a bad way but like i i had to like check a wiki when gordon called barbara his niece and i had to be reminded that in post-crisis continuity he she was his niece and not his daughter well, or that she was adopted. Eventually, they adopt her. Yes. Yeah, they do adopt. Yeah, but like I, that like threw me off so much. I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> it really does. Or maybe that. Maybe that's why I enjoyed it because it does feel like a relic from a different time, but one that we're not going to have to like. First of all, it's not like Frank Miller, where, yeah, he's writing like old school stories, kind of in the style that that he used to, but it's like way, way worse. <laughs> you know, this, this, I feel like is, is on about the same level of, as what Loeb and sale were doing back then. You know, it's not, it's less memorable because it's not original now, but you know, more or less, this doesn't like sully the memory of 
that comic at all, right? I don't agree with that. And then also, it's just a one shot. So like, I, I'm not sitting here going like, okay, I'm gonna have to read six issues of this, or you know, we're gonna have to do this for six months. No, it revisiting it as a one off, as a relic from a different era, it was kind of refreshing. Almost like it's like a convergence issue or something. Like, hey, I wouldn't want to spend all my time there, but to go back there for an issue, I don't mind it. I um I think Dark Knight Golden Child was pretty good. <laughs> uh the art was great. <laughs> the art was incredible. Um I'm a sicko. Um, yeah. my, my one note on that Vince is that well I think that this is relatively on par story wise with what it did in the past I think Tim Sale has slipped as an artist and I, I don't I, I think that this looks considerably worse than some of Sale's other stuff it's not bad but I, I don't think this reaches even close to the heights that Sale used to reach artistically yeah maybe maybe it's because I was never the hugest Sale guy to begin with so like not that I dislike it, but like, yeah, I don't know. To me, it was it's it was kind of on the same level, but but I, I'll 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 buy what you're selling because you're you're the bigger fan or whatever. I'm, I'm not I'm not a Tim Sale fan at all, actually. Oh, okay. Well, well that's not uh, that's not me like fanboying out. Zach, what did you think about the art? I thought it was fine. I I mean, it didn't like blow me away or anything, but I I thought it was good. It it may be like a few notches lower than um his old stuff, but I I still like it. Well, one thing I will say, um, I thought the coloring was really well done. And especially the, like, just for example, look at that opening sequence where they're kind of reintroducing you to what the hell all this is. Um, like, I think that the, the, um, the blue in the opening scene, like the blue color scheme of, I think that's, is that Gilda? Mm-hmm. Um, escaping from the the mental institution or whatever, and then going to the I love that page of the calendar man goons opening that vault. I think that art looks really great, and the coloring is so it pops. Uh, like that sequence, like this was a good book for me to look at. I think I feel like yeah I feel I feel I, I don't want to say this is better than than sales old stuff because I don't think that's true but I was surprised at how much I enjoyed looking at this book see I felt like there might have been individual pages or splashes or whatever that were you know on par with what we've seen in the past I just felt that the storytelling wasn't as dynamic as sales in the past. I think that's one of the things you could say about sale always was that he managed to tell a really great story without relying on dialogue. Like I think there, there are, you know, precious few artists that can do almost a silent comic. I'm not advocating for more silent comics. Listen to the Patreon for us to talk about more silent comics, but, um, but I just feel like sales stories always just really flowed for me. And this doesn't flow as well. Mm. I, I don't necessarily feel that it didn't flow. What, there was actually pretty sparse dialogue in this, I feel like. Um, which I didn't mind. Um, I don't know. I'm looking at some pages of Long Halloween right now. And it, it doesn't 
look that different to me. Again, maybe this is just my, you know, um, not having read it in 10 or 15 years, or whatever, just, you know, looking at the uh, looking at it through the haze of my memory. Yeah. I don't think this is bad. Again, I, I do not want to think this is bad. I just felt it wasn't quite up to maybe the old sale standard. Um, yeah, what, I, I don't know. I don't I don't think his style has changed as much as I thought it had. Now I'm looking back on stuff now and it's it's actually pretty similar. I don't know. Maybe we should revisit Long Halloween one day. <laughs> yeah, we'll do. Yep. <laughs> we'll get right on that. Yeah. Long Halloween, year two, Morrison reread, uh, everything else. Yes. Yep. The, the previous Batman Fortnite comics so that we can <laughs> understand the current one. Oh, I will never do that. <laughs> Anything else to say about this book? I mean, I, I think I think all at least I, I'll speak for myself. I thought it was an enjoyable way to spend a few minutes reading a comic. I don't know if it's essential in any way, but it's probably the best thing Jeff Loeb has done in 20 years. That sounds right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right, well, let's take a break. And when we come back, we will talk about uh, two more books that you can buy at a store and two more you can read on DC Universe Infinite. So stay tuned. Hello, everybody. My name is Mike. And I'm Greg. And together we are Robots from Tomorrow, a twice-weekly podcast appearing at MultiversityComics.com. Each week, we take some time to check out books and shelves on Wednesday that are worth your attention. And each month, we dissect the previous catalog. We also have long-form discussions about books we've enjoyed, like Dan Clow's Ghost World and Jack Kirby and Mike Royer's Commanding. And if that's not enough, we also do creator interviews. Some of the talks you'll find in our archives feature Mike Mignola, Leila Del Duca, Sean Martinbro, Emma Beebe, and Greg Rucka. So that's a lot of content for everybody. Please subscribe to Robots from Tomorrow in iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss a thing. Robots from Tomorrow has hours of comic-focused entertainment week in and week out. And now, back to your show. And we are back with our first spooky selection of the week, which is DC versus Vampires. Oh, long, long Halloween wasn't spooky enough for you? I guess, all right, this is the second spooky one. I, that, that, was, that was more, that, that, this doesn't have adorable Barbara Gordon asking to go trick-or-treating with, with Dick Grayson. Yeah, which we didn't even talk about, which was maybe the best, that was maybe the best story beat of Yes, the it's, it certainly Halloween's was. Yeah, thing. That was fun. <laughs> Yeah, it was fun. This this has considerably less fun moments. Um, and that is, uh, again, DC versus Vampires, number one, written by James Tynan IV and Matthew Rosenberg, illustrated by Otto Schmidt. Um, Zach, you're the Otto Schmidt boy. I think we all are, but you you really liked Otto Schmidt when he was on that Green Arrow run. So why don't you start us off with this? What did you think of this issue? Um, I like this, I think. I um... Way to take a stand, bud. I fuck off. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I liked this pretty well um, for what it was. Uh, actually, no, no. Yeah, I take it. Back. I um, I was under the impression that this was going to be like slightly in continuity, which it's definitely not. Um, which is fine. I think I maybe prefer that. This has the feel of like a Tom Taylor joint in some ways um i'm a huge andrew bennett mark there's a pretty good twist Mm -hmm. um yeah i i actually like this quite a bit i think maybe 
I definitely like this better than the other spooky themed book we're going to talk about by orders of magnitude. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Yes. Vince. Same, but I, I didn't, I didn't love it. Like I had a fine time reading it. There were lots of little moments I liked, but I think the overall thesis of the book is not something I'm, I'm interested in. It, it does feel like a Tom Taylor ripoff. That's, that's a little less fun than the average Tom Taylor book, you know? Um, the twist with Hal being a vampire was fun. And I think like as a not as a possible nod to Hal's uh, torrid past as a villain, I think that's, that might be fun too. You know, I think, I think Hal is a good character to pick as the heel turn in the justice league i think that's hell that might that might be the only thing that makes hal interesting you know um hal should be a villain again he should be yes i agree this yes yep other things i thought were fun about this the otto schmidt art always fun playful i love he's very good at faces you can always tell like a what a character's thinking or you know like some of the hal stuff at the end is particularly sinister and fun um hal kind of looks like david bowie a little too um which is strange what era of bowie would you say he looks like oh that's like uh the era where he's like uh ripping on mtv for not playing enough uh black music on there okay so 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 between last dance and the glass spider era got it okay sure yeah. Um I, I'm I'm just not a huge like vampire zombie horror tinge comics guy. That's just not that's not to my taste. I, I think they handle it pretty well. Um you know, I think it's as fun as something like that can be while still not really being my thing. I don't know. I I just, I don't, I don't get into it. You know, I don't, that's to me, that's, uh, that's a genre thing that, that exists outside of superhero comics that infiltrates every once in a while. And those are never my, those are never my favorite stories. You know, do you like any, any vampire or zombie stuff outside of comics? Not particular. I mean, I liked it. I vampire a lot, but that I liked as its own thing, not when it, when it would do like a crossover, that wasn't so much for me. You know, I liked the story that it was telling on its own. I, uh, I actually think vampires are like inherent in the DNA of superhero comics. Mm. Um, and I actually, I really like vampire superhero stories. Um, I vampire was good. This is cool. I, I have like dug the stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to break a rule now. Um, I I've liked this, the like vampire stuff in Aaron's Avengers run and in the Wolverine comic. Um, you never don't break this rule. This is uh the flimsiest I just gave, rule. Pre- I just gave a preface that I was going to break it because I've uh, been called out for Delphi told me it was bad. Ah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I know it's Delphi. I know it's, I just said, I I keep saying Delphi. I know it's Delphi. Delphi's probably a 
Delphi is probably a Kingdom Hearts character that you really like. I was talking to I was talking to my wife about Delphi and she I was like, have you heard of Delphi? And she's like, that sounds really familiar. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because of the Bible. Um, (laughs) And then she was like, yeah, that was you guys have really fallen off. (laughs) 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 Little heathens. (sighs) Just kidding. Um, the one other thing that was notable about this was, did you guys notice the uh, Majestic reference? Yes, I did. Yeah. What if we get Majestic back? When's I the mean, last time we saw Majestic? This is a Rosenberg joint again, you know? Yeah. 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 Refresh my memory on Majestic. He's a Wildstorm character. Yeah. He's like a Superman ripoff. Well, where did he show up in hitting this, though? His name but, is in there. His name is listed on like the villains that were... Oh, okay. I thought I missed the character showing up. I was like, wait a minute, where did I where did I miss this? No, he's just he's on a piece of paper in the comic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh I'm with Zach. This this whipped. This was a lot of fun. I I I want to put three caveats to that though. The first is if this happened at any month that wasn't October and it wasn't Halloween season, I'd probably think it was worse than it is. Or maybe <laughs> maybe that makes me think it's better than it is because it's in Halloween. Uh, season number two if it was any artist but Otto Schmidt I would have probably enjoyed this less also and number three if Zan wasn't turned into a blood smoothie I'd have enjoyed it less as well um, but no I think this is a lot of fun I think this is pretty much as good as this kind of a comic can get I like vampire stuff um, when it's you know when it's done well and this was fun I it does feel like a Tom Taylor ripoff I acknowledge that but it was a fun one. I, I appreciated this very much, and I will gladly read the second issue before forgetting about it when it gets to the back half of the miniseries. <laughs> so, anything else to say about this book? No. I wish I liked it more. I, I actually think I'm going to read every issue. We'll see about that. We'll check back later. Yeah. All right, let's get to Task Force Z number one. Another Matthew Rosenberg joint, this time illustrated by Eddie Barrows. And um, I, I think we're all going to be pretty in line with this. Uh, I, I think all of us have in the past thought that there's stuff that Eddie Barrows has done pretty well. This is the bad Eddie Barrows. Absolutely. Um, like this is the, the, the lumpy, awkward Eddie Barrows. The good that. Eddie Barrows hasn't been seen in quite some time. Detective uh, Comics. The good Eddie Barrows was on. Um, he did that uh, that Earth X book that was pretty good. Oh no! I thought it was okay. I, I okay. I did not. What, what else did? It, what did he do most recently? That he I did one of the. Um, he was one of the urban legend stories. Was was it the? Uh... Yeah, I, that was good. That was good, Eddie Barrows. No, the we, Red Hood one. We said how that was bad, Eddie Barrows. Well, it was no, no. Well, I wasn't here for it, and I liked the first and last issues that I read. That was good, Eddie Barrows, to me. This is this okay. this is noticeably worse to me because I f- did not read the cover and I forgot that this was Eddie Barrows when I was reading it. I did not think once like, oh, this is Eddie Barrows. This is noticeably different to me. Uh, this art sucks. Um, number one, number two, I, I, I had threatened off air that maybe I was going to go back and reread the, the backups (laughs) and tech. Uh, I did not 
read up the road to whatever this was. I did not. I did not do that. I had. You got to be to happy do. with yourself that. You yeah. Didn't. Yeah. That's one of the better decisions I've made as of late. Um, this just uh, this could be a fun concept. There are ways that this could be a fun concept. This is not that way. This is kind of joyless. Like if you're writing a book where there's quite literally a zombie man bat in it, you have to lean into it with some cheek and you have to have fun with it. And there's this, some cheek in here. Uh, not that kind of cheek, but um, <laughs> and, you know, th- this is just uh, this is far too dour and serious and it's not nearly as fun as it should be. And this shockingly is in continuity, it feels like. Uh, yeah. And uh, if you had just looked at this art and everything else, you would have never guessed this is actually like an ongoing part of the DC universe, but it is. And it's not great, Bob. Zach? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Vince, oh. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I was just going to say, yeah, it is in continuity because it's on all the lists for. Uh... It's a fear state science. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Zach, go ahead. I, I don't have anything else to say. It, it was not good. And this um, is an ongoing, ostensibly. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just heard all the I just heard all the joy suck out of your body at once. Oh, that, that means we may have to revisit it again at some point. Yeah. No, it's it's an ongoing, but it I it can it will not last longer than 12 issues, right? Like it's gonna be one of those. I guess, but why not? Like it's being launched at the same time as DC versus Vampire. Why not just go ahead and put a, a mini on it unless they like are hoping it like blows up? But I think I wonder I can't if they imagine. I wonder if they think like, oh, this is zombies. People love zombies, it always sells well. Well, maybe if we do it at, at, as an ongoing, it will sell well and it will be like the surprise hit and we will keep it going uh, inexplicably as long as we can. I, I just I can't imagine this is like I would much rather DC versus vampire be an ongoing than this. <laughs> I just uh, don't get I never understood the appeal of zombie stories like period. And then, yeah, this is so like dour and we are the walking dead vince i yeah yeah i guess i am i would uh i guess maybe i've never understood the appeal of like the walking dead because i would i'd be like the first one killed in (laughs) in any of these situations i when the when the when the uh when the mysterious stranger comes into town and is like offering you something that's too good to be true i would be like oh yeah sure you'd be the one getting cocked while you're in a coma in the hospital absolutely absolutely that's already (laughs) happening i'm sure um you are in the hospital a lot for work (laughs) (laughs) yep um i guess let's see what else can i say um Boy, I don't know. The only other thing I can add about this book is that there is a, a page with uh, Jason Todd's bare ass in it. And except the way that Eddie Barrows draws it comparatively, it's like Hank Hill's butt. You know, Hank Hill. Have you ever <laughs> seen his? He, he famously has no ass, right? Mm-hmm. It looks like that. 
like there there is a there's a hint of an ass there but it's really not there there's no cheek he's not he's not caked up at all he's hank hill i wish that were as fun as it sounds <laughs> yeah, I would can, I would enjoy a Hank Hill as Red Hood comic. Can we talk the most egregious thing on that page though is like how nonsensical the like panel direction works so much so that they, they had, had to, to put add in arrows. Fucking arrows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That that is like kind of embarrassing, I think. That's like old school. They used to do that in like the golden age. Uh-huh. Because, because, like, I guess people weren't used to reading comics the way that they work yet or something. But, yeah, yeah, it does not come off well here for sure. Um, yeah, yeah I didn't, didn't like this. N- nothing against Matthew Rosenberg, who I, is probably a fine fellow. Haven't enjoyed much at DC from Rosenberg yet at all. Sadly, I agree with that. All right. Let's move over to the two books that are DC Universe Infinite titles. The first one is Monkey Prince number zero. This is just a little teaser for the new Gene Liu and Yang, Bernard Chang book that will drop come February. And uh, this was announced at FanDome this weekend. Hope you guys all got your dome there. And um, it's a short little story. I don't have too much to say about this. I will say that I was surprised at how prominent Dark Side and Apocalypse were in this. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, it's just not what you'd expect from this type of comic in terms of it being both a teaser and also a new character. Like DC doesn't typically throw the big guns at those characters. And yet here we are with a very prominent apocalyptic story. Apocalyptic rather story and uh i enjoyed this for what it was i will say that the the flashback art is by billy tan and i'm never the biggest billy tan fan it's a big fake out there were like two pages of bernard ching in this it was yes. like the first and last page yeah uh <laughs> and so I, I i liked it a little bit less than i would have if chang had drawn that actually i liked it a lot less than if chang had drawn those sequences um but you know that's that's all right. I, I'm still excited for this book, and I think it's great to see DC putting Asian creators on this book. So much so, like their names are written in kanji in the book as well. So I think that's a really good sign. So, what did you guys think of this? I liked it a lot. Um, I'm really down for for uh, Monkey Prince. I think you know. The last time we saw Monkey Prince, which I don't even remember, was it was part of that uh, Asian Celebration comic, right? Is that right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah, I I, th- I thought there was a hint of something there, but I wasn't all in on it, and I couldn't really put my finger on why. And I think the inclusion of the apocalypse stuff and the secret war that happened in the past is a big, big part of why I think this is so good. Um, Because I think it's not just that it ties into something DC related or more traditionally DC related. Uh, It's that 
uh, Yang does such a good job with that stuff. Such a good job of placing this in the past in a, a credible way and writing these characters and writing a good dark side and giving heft and weight to this stuff that happened in the past that makes you maybe care about what's going on in monkey prince's present a little more than you might have otherwise, you know? Um, I loved the way that, that those uh, dark side new gods apocalypse characters were included in this. I, th I think that's great. I think, I can't wait to see where this goes from that. This was a perfect teaser to me. I'll, you know, yeah. If Bernard Chang would have drawn the whole thing so much better, but I, I thought the flashback art was good too. Um, just of course, lesser than Chang who's not going to be, you know, I, um, I love this like so much this, I'm a huge mark for this. Um, I just, I like, the monkey king as, or monkey prince in this case, but like the, the monkey king uh, Chinese myth is just like very attractive to me. I just think he's like such a cool character and it has influenced a lot of stuff that I have liked in the past. And then, yeah, like mixing it in with the apocalyptian stuff is just like total, total Zach Nip. Um, and this being a, a Gene Lun Yang joint is very exciting um i like this like tease of this secret origin of a, a potential villain in the uh what, what was his name red uh red boy yeah um i think this is really cool and i'm really excited for the for the ongoing or the mini series is it a mini not an ongoing it's it's 12 issues okay uh, technically, that's a maxi series. Maxi I believe. series. Yeah, yeah. I, that's dumb. That's <laughs> such a weird distinction. I know. Uh, the other book we haven't talked about yet is Robin's number one, which is um, was a book that was voted on by the fans. In a there was a like a was that in March they did that like a sweet sixteen. Totally missed this whole thing. I did not know it was happening. I guess because I was having a kid. <laughs> I feel like we talked about it when it was happening and I was saying that I always thought it was rigged for Robins because I, th I thought it's those... called round Robin that was part of it but also <laughs> just just because I feel like the average person is going to click on that versus something else I, the only other book I remember off the top of my head was the JLQ stuff that Andrew Wheeler did in the pride issue was also uh, one of the things in that uh, tournament Anyway, uh, this is written by Tim Seeley, illustrated by Baldemar Rivas. Vincey, why don't you start us off with this? Um, I like this to a degree. I think um, this. <laughs> I think the premise is a little silly. Uh, the let's Robin... get together to decide if robins are good. Yes, right. Yeah, we're yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's kind of, it's kind of dumb. Like it's almost like it's almost like they're you know the question like uh oh does Bruce adopting these youngsters does it mess them up? Does it take them from Yeah, they're obviously they're not in like stable environments usually, but you know, does it take them and make their lives worse or 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 better or whatever? 
but it's not even really doing that. They're not even really examining it from like a therapeutic standpoint either. <laughs> they're just kind of, they're just kind of telling the audience what their character traits are. Right. And you might know I, me as the smart Robin. I'm the exactly. guy. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Basically. Right. 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 Um, you know, outside of the premise itself, this is a fun book. That's it's fun to look at. It's fun to the banter is fun. I think this idea that they're revisiting their earliest criminals is, can be fun depending on how that plays out in future issues. That's also kind of a concept that's revisited a lot. Like, Oh, some, somebody from our past is coming back to haunt us or whatever, you know? Um, but I think this is, I don't know if it's going to reach a new audience. Cause, cause now, first of all, I don't think they uh, publicized the contest between all these pitches very well. Like uh, you Zach guys, is evidence of that. <laughs> yeah. Like you guys said, like this kind of breezed by, they didn't do a great job of promoting it. Um, there was some controversy about the way it was promoted. As I recall, just because like, some people made it seem like marginalized concepts and ideas were being made to fight it out for there to only be room for one of them, you know? And I think there is a degree of truth to that. You know, I don't think it's like a complete moral outrage or anything, but I do think it is like, okay, you're telling me out of all these books, there's only room for one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Uh, and like, this is a book that couldn't have just been made without, like, right. You know, this is, th this is like DC's bread and butter, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if you're going to give a book a shot that didn't, that maybe wouldn't come out of the DC like brain trust, then give them a book that isn't just the same book. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Um, yeah. That said, I'm definitely in, on this book. I think the covers are great. I don't know if you guys have seen the, the variant covers where like each new issue is going to have a variant cover with a like different cheesecakey picture of a oh, different yeah, Robin. I have seen that. Is this out in print yet or does it come out later? It comes out later, I believe maybe I next month. I think November. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I did see that. Some of those are really cool. Yeah, they are. I, I almost want to, Oh, I don't buy physical anymore, but I almost want to get the, I'm going to become the variant cover boy just for the, the two of you fucking talk, <laughs> talk to me out of buying physical comics. I was like, I was hanging on and you're both like, no, digital's the way to go. And I was like, you know what? I'm taking the point. Wait, why don't we deal? Uh, because, because in this situation, you're very much a deal. Uh, and then, so <laughs> I take the plunge and then you guys are both fucking traitors to your variant bullshit. I don't like this. I, I haven't. No, not yet. I'm not. You're uh, right on the cusp, buddy I'm, boy. I'm mulling it over. <laughs> yeah. I'm soul searching. <laughs> um, Go on. Anyway, what, what I'm saying is I didn't over the top love this. I enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm in for the longer haul with it because I think the payoff is going to be better than this first issue was. Zach? Um. I, I mostly 
really enjoyed this. Um, it's really nice to have um, Seely back uh, at DC. I, I feel like he kind of went away for a while. I'm sure he's done things, but I feel like the last big thing he did was Nightwing, and this is kind of like a return to that in a way. Uh, you are forgetting about the critically acclaimed Batman versus Lobo. I mean, Superman versus Lobo. He's uh, you're right. You're right. That's pretty recent, though, um, yeah. too. Um, I really feel like this issue would have been better served by cutting out the whole anarchy opening section and just getting right to the meat of the meeting and mm-hmm. just kind of have making it like I feel I thought that the the like flow and the pacing of this was very weird where it's like, okay, we're all gonna get together and fight anarchy. Um, but also, yeah, after this we gotta meet up and talk about whether or not being Robin is good. Um, <laughs> like that felt really kind of dopey and shoehorned to me. I wish it had just like opened rather on like the idea that like, okay, the Robins get together sometime and they talk about their time as being Robin, you know? Not or like, even even I think I'm sorry to interrupt you, Zach, but even if like they were fighting um, anarchy and then just happened to get dinner and this came up, sure. that would have been less that'd be more natural. Too. Yeah, yeah, that'd be more natural, too. But yeah, just like um, the idea of like, this is the time to finally have the conversation of whether or not being Robin is 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 good. Is it good or bad? Who can say? Um so I thought that was really dopey, but like once we actually got to that part and the the interactions between the Bat family were pretty fun, I think. Uh, there was a really great line where um, I can't remember who it was who called him out, but uh, oh, I think this was actually in the fight maybe where, um, yeah, Damien calls Tim by his name and then he's like, he, code Tim names is just only. like code names only, and he's like, "Please, you called yourself the Drake for a while." Yeah, yeah. which was very funny. That's um, the second time now someone has dunked on that name. Yeah, it was stupid. Memory. Sorry, Bendis. Yeah. <laughs> um, but is that the fastest you've ever seen uh, an alter ego shelved? Probably, yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I, I enjoyed I like enjoy the interplay of the Robins. Like anytime they get together, I think it's good. So, um, more Bat Family vibes, please. Um, and I'm interested in this this secret first Robin. I'm interested to see like what what's the deal here? What's up with that? You know, I I think that's a good yeah. I think that's a good uh, concept. I'm somehow into that concept, even though it's been done 4,000 times. Yeah. Like, uh, but I, I, I still, I, I still am enjoying it. So. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a good character design for, for one thing. And I think uh, also uh, their introduction is a, 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 a big dig at Tom King. <laughs> How <laughs> with so? The, with the poem. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really think that, but I don't know. I, uh, Tim really Seeley wrote with Tom King. So uh, yeah, I wonder what the relationship is there. I, they're friendly. I'm sure you think, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, I uh, think so. Not be, uh, th- this is not me 
airing any dirty laundry. I, I have no idea. I just, uh, I mean, they were both hired to write that book and without the other one knowing. So yeah. <laughs> that's very funny. It, yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know how, I don't know how friendly they really are. Um, well, they certainly, they got along and did the work for a long time. Like that is a, can, how many issues of that did they do? Uh, it was like, it was like 20 something. Cause then Colin and Lansing took over. Yeah. The, the hack yeah. this guys finished it off as they did every book of that era. You don't think <laughs> if they had a real problem with one another, it would have lasted that. Like, I, I think if they had a real problem doing the work the way that they did, they one of them would have been off after the opening arc or something. Oh, sure, sure. If they if they had you know real beef with one another, um, I think that's probably true. Yeah. So, um, anything else to add about Robbins? I I I I haven't said anything. Neither has Zach. Have you, Zach? What? Have you talked about this book already? Am I the only yeah, one I talked. Yeah, I, I talked about it. Okay, <laughs> it's fine. Um, I wish that there. Uh, I wish that the the the, the sort of setup for it was a little bit less um, clunky, as you said, Zach. But other than that, I thought it was pretty fun. I like the art. I don't like uh, Dick's man bun that he has rocking during breakfast. Uh, Dick has a man bun. Yeah, he does. Yeah, so. Dick, Dick is the Aaron Rodgers of the Robins. <laughs> Meaning the best of all time? Well, yes. I'm but, just saying that for you. I, yeah. I I have no opinion on quarterbacks. You remember when he used to have a ponytail in like oh, the 90s? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So many people did, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Superman had the Superman had both a mullet and a ponytail at different times mm-hmm. in that era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I vaguely recall a storyline where I don't think Bruce didn't Bruce didn't have a ponytail but he wore a ponytail like a like a, a wig or something when he at, was out as matches malone or I, I was i was gonna say in a matches malone situation i think so okay folks don't you love to get in a matches malone situation <laughs> i'm always saying this <laughs> uh all right well while we're uh, while we're still recovering from the bad Eddie Barrows, Vince, what comes out next week? Uh, let's see. Next week being eleven two, right? <laughs> yes, because of our recording, this is a little bit strange, but yes, yeah. Next week being eleven two. Uh, Arkham City, Order of the World, number two. Yeah, uh, Bat- Batman one sixteen, Batman Reptilian five, S- Batman Superman Authority Special number one, uh, Crush and Lobo number six, Dark Knights of Steel number one. Uh, Soul Plumber, number two, if you're into that. Icon and Rocket, number four. Uh, Justice League Infinity, five. Mr. Miracle and Source of Freedom, six. Static, four. Superman, 78, three. Teen Titans Academy, number seven. Human Target, number one. Uh, Joker presents a puzzle box, number four. And the Swamp Thing, number nine. Interesting week comics. Yeah. They're publishing too many these days. I feel yeah. bad that we haven't talked about Swamp Thing in a while and it's almost over. We might have to. Yeah, I, I would advocate that maybe revisiting that before the end of the book. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we should, we should do that. The only man, I like that book. It is so obvious that it's going to read better in trade, though. <laughs> That's probably you know? right. Although, to be fair, catching up on it is essentially reading it in trade. I guess. Yes. So. 
All right. Well, you can find two thirds of us on Twitter. Until then, I am at Brian is an app. Oh, yeah. Um, I am at Wilker Fox. If you need to find Vince, he is uh, figuring out which NFL quarterback is which uh, Robin in a painstakingly thorough process to report back to us next time. Oh, I'll tell you next week. Uh, Jason Todd. Don't, is- no, no, don't, don't, don't root it for us now. See you for next week. Tom we'll Brady, because he's Bye. the worst. Vince and I will just sit here and yank each other's pods.